They kill crops. They kill bees. They drive dogs mad. They are incapable of logical thought, yet they can dull your knife or your axe with a single glance. They're women on their periods. That's according to all kinds of cultural myths about menstruating women anyway, from all around the world. So I started to think about, you know, what were these, you know, menstruating women myths in the United States? And I remembered one thing that I'd always heard, which was that um, you shouldn't go to the beach on your period because the sharks will smell your blood and (laughs) you'll get attacked. And I actually didn't know whether that was true. I had to Google it, you know, and of course it's not true. It's just one of these crazy cultural myths. But I know that you grew up in Italy, and I was wondering if you had any of those. Yes. What are they? So the myth are, um, in Italy, when I grew up, women um, typically um, uh, do a lot of canned jam, canned goods. You cannot uh, be part of the canning of goods if you have a period, because it will go bad. This is Rate of Change, a podcast from Duke Engineering, dedicated to the ingenious ways engineers are solving society's toughest problems. I'm Miranda Valborth. In this episode, I'm talking with an engineer from Duke's Center for Water, Sanitation, Hygiene, and Infectious Disease, or WASHAID. My name is Sonia Grego. I am an associate research professor at the Duke Center for WASHAID and Department of Electrical and Computer Engineering. And I'm leading uh, projects in the space of um, sanitation and engineered solutions for uh, sanitation. WashAid works on a range of projects related to global sanitation, human health, and the environment, including the Reinvent the Toilet Challenge, funded by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. Through this project, WashAid is working to serve communities around the world that have inadequate or no access to sanitation. Depending on how you define the standards you want to raise everybody to, that's somewhere between 2.3 and 4.2 billion people. Sonia oversees field testing on new toilet technologies in India. So she's seen a lot of data about toilets. Who uses them? When? And why sometimes they don't. That data has made it clear that lack of access disproportionately affects women and girls. So it is estimated that as many as one-third of schools globally lack proper sanitation and menstrual hygiene facilities. And this is a a huge impact on sanitation. Now, in terms of gender equality, we all know that women need education, that lack of education has a detrimental impact on their life trajectory in terms of income and quality of life. And it so happens that young girls, after they have their first period, they start to drop out of school or to lose, you know, one week per month. So this has a huge impact on on their ability of education. And if you think about that, the trajectory of a woman's life depends by the, you know, is, is degraded by the fact that there was not a proper place for her to dispose of a menstrual pad in a bathroom. I, it's... It's a disgrace. 
it's it's a, a, a problem that can and should be solved. And, you know, the, the benefit would be so, so huge in terms of education and participation to workforce. I mean, it's some, such a neglected topic, yet it has such a significant impact. The solution seems pretty straightforward. Why can't toilet facilities just add wastebaskets, right? So here in the U.S., we have we are lucky and we have wastebasket in um, in location, but we also have a solid waste management system. We have people that collect the waste and and properly dispose of it. This is not available in um, in developing countries. There isn't such a centralized service, and menstruation and menstrual waste in particular has this associated stigma. So disposal of it is much neglected task. There is no centralized service. It gets buried or burned on the premises, which is both an environmental and a health concern. So the intent for the Center for Washade was to provide a comprehensive uh, sanitation solution for, for users and, and technologies that, that deal with sanitations for women need to include a solution for waste, for, for menstrual waste disposal. Enter the SHE unit, safe hygiene for everyone. It's a small, clean-burning incinerator. The aim is to make the she unit the same size as a wastebasket so it can fit in a women's toilet. It has a door where you drop your used pads, and it's a co-fire process, meaning that you mix two fuel types, propane gas, commonly used for stoves, and the pads themselves. It achieves a very high temperature that ensures complete combustion, and it's a very clean conversion, resulting in mostly CO2 and water. What's left is a very small amount of ash. That still has to be disposed of. The concern with, with all incinerators is, you know, their, their potential for air pollution. So you don't want to trade an environmental pollution threat with another one. And so that was the genesis of our te- technology and why um, we, we are using a, a process that is designed to reach high temperature and uh, therefore uh, better control the emissions. And we are um, conducting measurements here in the U.S. to ensure that, that's, uh, that these conditions are met. Here's the thing. For the unit to operate effectively, the washade engineers have to know the characteristics of the materials that are being disposed of. What are the pads made of? Paper? Cloth? Are they commercial? Are they homemade? How frequently do women change their pads? Because that affects how easily they burn. The risk of an incomplete burn is that the unit might produce a ton of smoke and pathogens might survive. So Sonia made a big ask of her team in India to collect menstrual waste and characterize it. I asked her how the team reacted. I I was very surprised when uh, when the ask was well we need to characterize the content of this you know me- menstrual waste basket and however that request came after you know uh, we have already done the education um, of the women on the importance of safe menstrual hygiene practices and how if women don't change their pads. Often enough, they get uh, in urinary tract infections and, you know, other diseases. So 
So we had already, you know, established the, the practice that we needed uh, trash bins in every toilet stalls and then we have a caretaker that disposes of it and we had the education and so uh, you know this this topic of the of the menstrual hygiene safety had been discussed um with the team but as i said it is still majority of men engineers who are young men you know just out of school with a high education that already are doing a job which is challenging because they are sampling toilet effluent right then and there and then transforming it in pathogen free water ready for reuse which is a fantastic thing but you know they also they need to analyze the raw material which is quite unpleasant but at least that's part of you know a civil engineer work the menstrual waste that was you know completely new and you know i very shyly suggested well or indicated that that was something that we needed to do in preparation for the testing of the disposal technologies and they did not bat an eye and it was not only the woman engineer but she and a couple of male colleagues that provided you know the data with the spreadsheet did not bat an eye so i i was um you know pretty pleased i read something the other day just in the paper um that scotland is going to have free menstrual products for everybody what do you think about that i think that access to to pads is is critical i mean as a woman you know that the horror is to have your period some being some place and not having access to a pad so that is the the nightmare for 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 every woman in uh, in in that period of of her life so i i think is extremely forward thinking uh to have you know avail- free um, sanitary um uh pads and tampons available in in toilet everywhere uh some of these products actually uh even undergo a uh, luxury tax so they in in india there was quite a movement against the removal of the luxury tax like they were considered like a perfume something that you know people choose while they are essentials uh so so yes uh, availability of of pads is is a key um right i think that the us has a luxury tax on menstrual observance doesn't it i think it i'll fact check that i did look into this issue and here's what i learned taxes on menstrual absorbance vary by state 35 states collect sales tax on them north carolina in fact makes 7.8 million dollars on these products every year. In Colorado, parts for private jets are not taxed, but period products are. In Idaho, treatments for hair loss are not taxed, but period products are. Tampons and pads are not optional. They're necessities like groceries or medicine. This kind of sex-based discriminatory pricing is called a pink tax. Another thing that um strikes me as funny uh is that you know when I first started working at Duke, I noticed that a lot of the dispensers around campus were free. You know, you could just like, you know, get a tampon or a sanitary pad if you needed one. <laughs> But I also noticed that 
the tampons were always empty. <laughs> yes, it's always. always um, yes, I've noticed that too, even in in yeah. our own. So it is true that if if uh, goods are are um, if dispensers are free, they may be emptied by hoarders. Uh, however, not notwithstanding what you know users' behavior is like widespread availability and access to, to you know, uh, high-quality disposable pads uh, is, is uh, an, an unmet need. And it is almost exclusively sanitary pads in the places where you're testing these technologies, right? Yes, that is uh, in uh, well, well, well. Um, we found a great prevalence of sanitary napkins that are commercial and disposables, but uh, we, in one of the sites, we also found a 10% um, prevalence uh, in the use of cloth. These are rags, you know, like really house rags huh. that are used for this purpose and rewashed mm. and, and reused. This is um, a practice that comes from, you know, a lack of, of access to, this, to these resources and... and uh, due to the cost mm -hmm. of commercial pads that, uh, you know, the poorest people cannot afford. Um, again, uh, these are not because they are washed, in, you know, improperly and then they need to dry before you can reuse them, which you can also hardly do with discretion. This causes, this is associated with a series of um, health concerns. Here's the other thing. The solution that this team of engineers is developing has to be affordable as well as safe and healthy because the alternative is free. Just continuing to dump used pads into toilets, out in fields, or throwing them into rivers or streams where they disperse pathogens, or burning them openly where they release toxic chemicals into the air. For this unit, we are targeting a, um, a price costs which is of the order of $500 plus minus. And uh, that is still, you know, fancier than the price of the existing incinerators. Still, even existing incinerators are very little used. As I said, in my experience, um, even the, the, the trash can <laughs> is hardly available in a, in a women's um, toilet that is a public facility, not, not a fancy one. So... I think there is a need for a sensitization of the public to to the needs of of um, uh, women in in the space of sanitation and menstrual hygiene. The fact that you provide a bathroom alone that has running water is is not enough for women's users for the reason we have described before. So. So I, I feel that overall um, an education and sensitization campaign of a topic that is considered shh, something people don't talk about is needed so that uh, this, you know, crucial feature is, is included in the budget of whoever provides the sanitation solution. We are all convinced that uh, in terms of, of engineering solution for, uh, for, for human needs, this type of work we are doing is the most likely, certainly my career, that I have done that has the impact of changing life and improving health at, you know, at a scale that I cannot imagine. So I'm a small cog in a big wheel, but this is the most significant work that I've done 
in, uh, in my career, and I, I think many of my colleagues uh, think the same. Sonia would like everyone listening to know that May 28th is World Menstrual Hygiene Day, a day dedicated to breaking period stigma, dispelling shame, and prioritizing the needs of women and girls. So mark your calendar for next May 28th and celebrate World Menstrual Hygiene Day by having a slice of cake or going to the beach on your period or canning something or even indulging in a little light beekeeping. Thanks for listening. Subscribe for updates from Duke Engineering. And if you learned something from this podcast, please share it with others.